Those with a drive to go have an undeniable calling. They are not content to simply have a transformative idea. They want to create and build. They want to wrestle challenges to the ground and bring solutions to scale. They are makers and doers. They are go-getters. Go-Getters features straight-up conversations with leaders on the forefront of change who are taking action to impact our world, just as Lehigh people have done for more than 150 years. Join us as we explore their challenges, their passions, and what makes them go. Hello and welcome. I'm Joe Buck. And today I'd like to welcome Lisa Getzler, Executive Director of Lehigh's Baker Institute for Entrepreneurship, Creativity, and Innovation to the Go-Getters podcast. She is responsible for the center's strategy, program design, and partnerships. Her work helps to ensure that all students across college and programs in the university have the opportunities and resources to develop not only the entrepreneurial skills, but the mindset that's needed to help build the future. Lisa is a design thinking practitioner and has been for over a decade. We'll talk about that in a bit. She also spearheaded the Lehigh and NASDAQ Center Partnership in Silicon Valley, something else we'll talk about in a bit. And she has been named a Lehigh Valley Business Woman of Influence and is the recipient of Lehigh's Hillman Award for the tremendous impact she's had on advancing entrepreneurship at Lehigh. Lisa, welcome. Thank you, Joe. I'm very happy to be here. It is my pleasure, and you are the um, the flagship podcast in a series on entrepreneurship that we've done. Uh, we've had several of your uh, your friends and colleagues in that same in that same seat, and and they have all um, spoken so highly about their Baker Institute experiences and the and and not only you directly, but the team you've put together in the infrastructure you've created for them. And so um, I'm going to ask our audiences, our audience to go listen to those uh, if they have not already. And, and you will get a full picture of the uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem at, at Lehigh. And I am certainly curious, Lisa, about that ecosystem when you got here and where you've taken it. But, but before we talk about Lehigh, I'm, I'm curious about your life before Lehigh have you always been an entrepreneur? What, what, you know, what was the first venture that, that, you, uh, that, that you remember uh, you know, growing up? Well, I guess I was always an entrepreneur. I didn't know the word existed. I didn't know what it meant. Uh, looking back, I have always been a person who said, oh, that's an opportunity or there's a problem that needs solving. I think I'll do something about it. So, so yes, I, I guess I always have been. And I I actually trace that to something that I I see in students uh, when we help to develop it, and that is the uh, empowerment that comes with knowing how to do things, how to make things. And so I started out as a maker by learning how to fix things with my dad and then helping how learning how to sew things. And as funny as it might sound, learning the skill of being a seamstress taught me how to see the pieces as they need to fit together and then create things out of that. And that has something I hated doing when I was a kid, but it has actually created a mindset in me that has allowed me to sort of walk this walk of, of problem definition, you know, solution creation, and then getting, it, getting things done. Is it too simple to think about something like the, the Baker Institute as a place where problem solvers can 
find find a path forward. You know, I was talking to some of the students from the venture labs, and 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 they they all said like we had an idea. We knew nothing about business. I don't think they started out with the objective function of becoming wealthy, right? They were trying to solve a problem first and then happened to monetize whatever solution they came up with. For I mean, I'm going to talk to you a little bit later about venture creation and that being a measure of success or not. But but is that an oversimplification of what you all do? Help problem solvers identify and find a path forward. The students that come to the Baker Institute, how many of them are trying to solve a problem versus get rich? Let me ask the question directly that way. Most of them come with an idea that they think is valuable, and they want to get it out into the world. So I would say both of your questions can be true, and sometimes neither are true. So it's not about the wealth for most, and and it's not actually about solving a problem until we help students understand that an idea is only as good as the problem it solves. So when students typically come in and say, I have this idea, can I tell you about it? So you can tell me if it's a good idea or not. Our response is, what we think doesn't matter. What problem does it solve? Who has that problem? And what are they doing about it now? So if they're paying for a solution and your solution is better, well, then it's likely that they will pay for your solution. And so that begins the process of creating the business along with the innovative product, service, technology, yeah. or, or whatever. So so it is not an oversimplification to say, do students come in, uh, uh, to Baker and learn to solve problems? What it is in addition to that is that they learn to identify the problem that needs solving. Mm-hmm. Lisa, you have a um, background in theater and acting. I do. Uh, is that a current pursuit? Uh, is that something that you uh, – is that in your rearview mirror? How does that <laughs> connect with what you do every day at the Baker Institute? Well, some would say I, I, I am a pretty good actor still every day in my work at the Baker Institute. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, it's not something I pursue uh, anymore. I've I've been – an actor, I've been a director, I've been a producer, I've learned a lot uh, about life and business and entrepreneurship through my work in the theater and the training I had in that regard. The truth is, I believe that people who have a theater background, again, kind of that back to the idea of people who know how to make things happen often come from a theater background. And at Lehigh, we have a number of folks who are in this space with that kind of background. And whenever we're in the same room, we always say, we can make this happen. We we do theater. We know how to do things, how to make something out of nothing. Um, it is not something that I um, intended to bring with me into my entrepreneurial life, into my life at Lehigh, but it's part of who I am. Yeah. Uh, it, there's a resourcefulness to, to actors, isn't there, that is uh, um, germane to entrepreneurship. That's right. Uh, that that's great. Thank you. What brought you to Lehigh, and and what was the what was the entrepreneurial landscape like when when you got here? So it was two thousand one. Yeah. Um, we had no curriculum around entrepreneurship. We had very little in the way of 
opportunities for students or faculty to bring their own ideas to fruition. There were a few courses. Uh, I came into the IPD program, Integrated Product Development, founded by Professor John Oakes in the 90s. It be- it had become a pretty well-known uh, capstone course sequence uh, for in the engineering uh, colleges. And uh, when I came in, it was because he had the vision to say, let's expand this program so that there are real-world practitioners helping students explore their capstone experiences. And so that's when they would come to a year-long project. And the way we termed it was they were looking at a technical problem in a business context typically with an industry sponsor for their project. And that program still exists. It's, it's had a number of different um, titles uh, across those two decades. But um, what happened was, as I came in and a couple of others with me, we started to hear from students. We loved working on these real-world problems, but we have ideas that we want to pursue that are our own ideas, not necessarily sponsored by companies. And so that was the beginning of the very first competition. Uh, we called it innovation to, or Invitation to Innovate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, pretty much one of our first student startups out of the box became a company called Ecotech Marine, uh, which we saw through sort of every moment of their startup life from when they were undergrads uh, you know, through to now when they're a, you know, what, $60, $80 million a year company. Yeah. So it was, it was a really great beginning, but we learned a lot from that. And still based in the Lehigh Valley and expanding and, and have, you know, bought other operations and moved That's folks right. to the Lehigh Valley. I'm connected with, with those founders uh, through the Lehigh Valley Industrial Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and sit on the board uh, with with them, and that's an amazing story. Uh, it is, and it really became the sort of um, roadmap for what we wanted to be able to create for more student founders. Yes, and we we kind of processed everything they did, and and followed every step they took, and provided as much as we could, whether we really knew exactly how to help them. We did. Uh, and that has become a real North Star for us. Yes. And a note to our audience, we have an Inside the Episode page where we'll, we'll, we'll highlight a lot of the features of, of uh, the Baker Institute and, and Lisa's uh, accomplishments and contributions. We'll also put a link to Ecotech Marine, and, and, and you should take a minute and, and read their story. It is, it is truly a, a, a Lehigh and Baker Institute and Lehigh Valley, Lehigh Valley story. Um, Lisa, is it fair to say that it's through your work in the Integrated Product um, Development Program that you got some exposure to design thinking as a, as a thing? Is that where that happened? That is. That is where that happened. We were uh, involved through a number of organizations with the folks out at Stanford University who had not yet launched what is now known as the D-School, mm-hmm. which is sort of the you know mecca for design thinking here in this country. Um, But we were working on some projects with them, the the leaders of the uh, Stanford Technology Ventures Program and the folks in integrated product development. We'd we'd done a number of projects together and written some stuff together. uh, And design thinking was really coming online there uh, through their partnership with IDEO, Mm -hmm. the design design firm uh, that really launched design thinking as as a practice. And so, um, you know, I recognized the value in it immediately and began to train 
uh, with the folks out there, and and it became a passion. Yeah, could you? Um, I guess I guess two two part question. Define design thinking, right? How 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 would you define if you were you know met a stranger in an elevator and they said, "What is design thinking?" Sure. And and then um, why or why not is Lehigh a place where this design thinking you know mindset practice uh, uh, um, can thrive? So design thinking is a systematic way to identify problems and solve them creatively. Um, there's there's five steps in the process, everything from, you know, empathizing with those who are having the problem to further defining the problem to ideation on some solutions and then testing, uh, prototyping and testing your ideas. So this all aligns beautifully with Lehigh's ethos of research to practice. So when we want to utilize or um, put into practice some innovation, we need to know what it's good for. Mm -hmm. And by using this process, and there are many different ways to to get there, what resonates with me about design thinking is that we spend time on the upfront really identifying the problem. And that is um, allows us to move forward more quickly once we have done that with solution making, mm-hmm. rather than creating solutions for a problem that just doesn't exist in the way we think it did. So it's very beautifully aligned with the way we do things at Lehigh. And so as the person in the driver's seat of the Baker Institute, I have infused all of our programs with design thinking. I think it's that important. Yeah. I've heard you talk about several times about um, entrepreneurship as an ecosystem. But what are the key components to entrepreneurship as an ecosystem at a place like Lehigh? So I will limit my remarks to how it is at Lehigh because all politics are local and wherever you land, it will always be a slightly different version. But as any ecosystem that's healthy, each part relies on another part to exist and thrive. So you originally asked me what was here when I got here. There was very little, if anything. Uh, shortly after so it I arrived— it was not an ecosystem. There was, was not there an were, there ecosystem. There was no there ecosystem. Were, there was no ecosystem. Yeah. There were a few um, microorganisms. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but one of the first things that was done by the faculty who were really leading the charge on trying to get some, some curriculum around entrepreneurship, Todd Watkins uh, and John Oakes at the time were leading that charge— was to bring in some help uh, to get some courses on the books. And that was the very first thing that happened. I was here, but not really part of that initiative. And once we had some courses on the books and then we had some co-curricular stuff going on, which is what I was working on, well, now we started to see a little bit of synergy. And that began the very early stages of the ecosystem we currently have and still are developing. We've got a, we've still got some, some way to go uh, to, to increase it to the, to the capacity I think we can reach. Um, so as we are teaching students how to be entrepreneurs, what kinds of questions to ask, what kinds of skills to develop, and we're giving them the opportunity to do it outside of the classroom, Now we have to round out that ecosystem by bringing in resources that include alumni coaches and mentors, for example. 
um, <clears throat> access to resources beyond what we could provide in the classroom or in the co-curricular environment. So funding of uh, space, um, additional uh, organizations that can help support ideas as they develop. So Ben Franklin Tech Ventures, for example, is part of our ecosystem. Although some students will never access it, it still, it still creates our ability to do more. Um, our, our newest uh, initiative, Lehigh Ventures Lab, expands on that ecosystem in a way we've never been able to before. Um, you know, up until then, we could teach students how to be entrepreneurs, but we couldn't support them in their ventures. Mm -hmm. With Lehigh Ventures Lab in place, we're able to say, now that you have a company, let us help you move it forward. That's very new for us and an important part of the ecosystem. Um, growing our regional um, alumni involvement is mm -hmm. going to be a key feature in the expansion of our ecosystem, as well as changing the way our faculty and graduate students participate in entrepreneurship. So each piece feeds on what already exists and then, and then provides more resources into the ecosystem. And it's, it's, a, it's a virtuous cycle. I'm curious if you could give us an honest assessment um, within that ecosystem. What is the the spirit of community versus spirit of competition? Um, how does it? Um, what's the yin and yang? If that's an, of of these two things that that uh, um, have a symbiotic relationship, I think to get the best results in the end. Community and competition. <clears throat> Well, our community is stronger than our appetite for competition at this point. I don't know if that's good or bad. It, it, just, it, uh, just, it just is, is, and that's okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's okay. right. Um, the community we've built is absolutely crucial to the continued growth and success of our students. Yes. Um, and so when students find the community and find like-minded others, uh, it, it changes the way they see themselves. So one of the things that we've spent a great deal of time developing is that, that very experience that students can participate in programs, they become fully immersed in the world of entrepreneurial thinking, which we hope translates into entrepreneurial doing. Um, and for some, that means they're going to become competitors for some of those resources and, and uh, opportunities. And for others, it means I just want to be part of this. How do I do this more? And what that turns into for them has a kind of long tail. Sometimes we don't know for a while. Right. Um, but I think that speaks to another question we probably will explore around what is success. That's right. Uh, and so we are very mindful to develop um, ways to measure success with our students that are not just based on did they have a problem and solution that led to a startup. Yeah. Uh, or, or did they not? Yeah. So let's talk about that uh, now. You, you brought you brought it back up. It, it, you know, my um, crude interpretation of of what you've described, or my understanding is, is that you you also evaluate and measure inputs. 
not, you know, that, that you have cautioned us to not hang our hat solely on um, ventures launched. Um, it's e- that's easy to measure, we can agree. Yes. Um, but why is that a faulty premise to um, solely um, you know, measure success against? Yeah. So measuring that as success is, is, is not a problem. We we can say that that is part of the equation, but so, only. But only yeah, would be it a problem. Would be a problem. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. It cannot be the sole measure of success, as you say. So so what about students who end up being the chief technology or innovation officer at a company that's known for innovation? Yeah. As a result of the work that they've done at Lehigh and the experiences that they've had, to end up in a position like that is a success. It might take fifteen years. Harder to count. Yes. Right. So I will say that um, early on in the growth of our ecosystem, even before the Baker Institute, when we were just doing some things that were sort of scattered, Baker really became sort of a hub that pulled things together. Um, We did try to count numbers of projects, venture projects, we called them, started uh, as a measure of our success. But, But it's fleeting. Sometimes we might have 25 students start something and only five of them get very far. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that didn't negate their effort and it didn't negate what we did to help them or what they learned along the way. And so we really did fine tune our focus to say, let's look at the journey map that we create for students who want to learn in these kinds of environments. And let's look at successful milestones along the way. And that's what you're measuring. Because I was going to ask you, how do you, these things are hard to measure. That's right. Right. And so you are measuring points on this continuum. That's right. And the question we ask is, what can students do now as a result of their time with us that they couldn't do before? So there are a number of studies, um, in the literature around entrepreneurial mindset. What does that look like? How is it measured? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, measuring mindset is a is an indirect measure. So self-reporting sure. is, is typically the way that's done. I believe that we can do better than that. I think we can learn to develop measures that directly look at what is being done, what has been learned, what has been accomplished by students. So it's 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 actually a mission of mine uh, to be able to do that in a way that is compelling and that can lead the way um, for ourselves and our peer institutions to be able to measure something that's so incredibly important and that industry tells us they really want more than many other things. Yes. So so uh, we're working on on ways to to directly measure entrepreneurial mindset. I sort of took a turn there that I'm not sure you intended to take. No, I, I appreciate it because it leads me to my next question, and it's a um, part transition to kind of what's next and, and, and something that's forward-looking. You have heard Provost Nathan Urban, as have I, say publicly and privately he sees capacity for more venture creation from faculty, staff, students, from from. from Lehigh, from the whole ecosystem. Um, I think you would acknowledge there is capacity for that as well. 
So my question for you is how do you think about or can you do both of those things, right? How do we, how do we nurture and foster both the mindset that, that is important and that you're assessing along with building capacity for more ventures launched and ventures created? Well, I think the good news is that we're already really good at mindset development opportunities for students. Yes. So we don't stop doing that. We continue that. We continue to grow that. And as we start to transition into a larger capacity for venture creation, here's what will happen. Students, faculty, and others will come into the pipeline starting with that earliest, what's the problem you're solving, moving forward through uh, the opportunities to resource startups that we have and are growing. And as those startups continue to make progress, there will be some who say, this isn't for me, or this isn't working out. They will have further developed their mindset. They may fall away from the venture creation pipeline, but the learning won't be lost on them. So we not only have the mindset uh, learning opportunities that already exist, now we have the pipeline development for ventures that also creates mindset. Yes. So for those who make it further through the milestones toward um, successful venture creation, they continue to build their skills, their mindset continues to build, and some of them will peel off and become you know, early um, employees at someone else's startup. You, you mentioned a lot of um, people in this ecosystem, faculty, alumni, coaches, mentors, um, students. In, in your role as executive director, do you, how much time, short of not enough, how much time do you get to spend mentoring and working with students these days? Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I make it a point uh, to be available to students who I think will benefit most from my help. So mm-hmm. there are some that I, you know, there's not a lot of help I can provide other than I'm always on board to help people develop their pitch. I'm, I'm a really good coach for, for pitch development. Um, but for those who are, um, who have needs that are different from that, Um, I will become involved if I'm the right person to do so. So Chris Kautzman, as you mentioned, has been here. He's really the the front line Mm -hmm. on uh, bringing student founders into our midst and sort of triaging their needs. And when their needs seem to align with, you know, my talents, uh, he'll send them my way. I always am interested in mentoring the founders who identify as female. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have experienced enough that, that I can help in some of the ways that are different uh, than for those who identify as male. Um, so so the truth is not enough, but I sure try. Yeah. Do you have a go-to advice? I mean, is there is there something that you find yourself over and over again telling the young people at Lehigh who come to the Baker Institute, um, you know, as you said earlier, either with a problem to solve or not sure or an idea or, you know, they, they come to you um, in many ways. And is there something that you find more often than not you are telling them? What do I consistently find myself sharing with students? I think it's the idea that 
they are the they are the directors of their future and if their future wants to include creating a solution for people outside of them then they need to be comfortable with getting to know the people they're trying to create solutions for. And again, back to that design thinking background, unless you fully understand the needs of who you're designing a solution for, you cannot design an effective solution. So that's really the thing I think I go back to more often than any. What is the problem and how do you know what those people are experiencing, needing, wanting, desiring, whatever the question is? I'm going to ask you a question that... um... I've watched you get asked before uh, from people like um, John and Joanne Thalheimer, great benefactors of the Baker Institute. Uh, Can entrepreneurs or entrepreneurism be taught or is it innate? And and is it, if it's both, how much, what's that melding of innate ability versus ability to be taught or learned? Well, I'm counting on that it can be taught. I think we know that there are certainly skills that that need to be learned. So while there might be some people who know them innately, I think the more uh, advanced we get in, in the startup development, the less someone would innately know. It's a good question, though. John Thalheimer believed that it could not be taught until he started uh, helping us do what we do and, and definitely took a step back and said, mm, maybe you're right. Maybe we can teach this. So I like to think of it um, in analogous to an Olympic swimmer. Mm-hmm. And I think about Olympic swimmers who've won 10 or 15 gold medals. If they'd never been introduced to a pool, they wouldn't be gold medal winners at the Olympics. So to me, uh, a a startup founder who never knew it was a thing, who never knew they might be able to do it and didn't learn how to swim, uh, could, could never be the founder of a successful company. So, yes, there are those who have it in their gut. Um, I think I'm one of them. Is there a lot to be learned? Absolutely. Thank you for for uh, for sharing that. I I know, and I know you believe that the the future is bright for the Baker Institute and for entrepreneurship at uh, at Lehigh. Is there something, or several things, or anything you'd like to talk about that you're looking forward to most on the near horizon? We've had support over the years from folks in the leadership at Lehigh that has been never as connected as what we have now. So to have trustees and a president and a provost all at the same time with deans who value the startup, the uh, entrepreneurship and, and startup activity, um, we, we've never had a better foundation to, to, to move this forward. So I greatly look forward to what's going to come out of that. I think we have students more every year who come here already knowing how to do an awful lot. Um, And we are excited to be developing resources and opportunities for those students. So, you know, in September, we get a lot of knocks on our front door that say, I came here to do this. Here's the startup I've had since I was in 10th grade. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lot different than 10 years ago when when that just didn't happen. So I really look forward to the more advanced um, opportunities that we can provide. 
And I will speak for um, uh, my department. We look forward to providing alumni further opportunities to invest yes. and engage in the work of, of the Baker Institute. Lisa, thank you so much for being with me today. It's been a real pleasure to have our executive director of Lehigh's Baker Institute as a guest on the podcast. Lisa, there is one more question I have for you. It is existential in nature. So it is not original. It is not mine. Uh, I actually will admit to um, lifting it from another podcast host that I listen to. So um, again, I take no ownership for it, but we've asked every guest and we get fascinating answers. So Lisa Getzler, the executive director of Lehigh's Baker Institute for Entrepreneurship, Creativity, and Innovation. Is there anything you know for sure? Yes. What I know for sure is that if you don't dream it, you can't do it. Well said, and thank you for sharing, and thank you for being with us today. And I'll remind the audience to check out our Inside the Episode page to learn more about Lisa's tremendous career and influence and impact on the Lehigh entrepreneurial ecosystem. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. This has been Go-Getters, a podcast from Lehigh University, hosted by Joe Buck, Vice President for Development and Alumni Relations. I'm Patrick Clayson, co-founder of Ecotech Marine. Meeting Lisa in 2003 as part of Lehigh's Integrated Product Development course, Lisa's unwavering support, connections, and guidance helped us on a journey to make our dreams for Ecotech Marine into reality. She's a true champion for entrepreneurship and Lehigh. Special thanks to co-producers Janet Norwood and Kate Kulia, media production specialist Jarrett Brown, and the Lehigh University Office of Development and Alumni Relations. Go inside this episode at lehigh.edu slash go-getters to learn more about Lisa's work, the Baker Institute, and the entrepreneurs and founders getting their start at Lehigh. Don't forget to subscribe to Go-Getters on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice. And take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so that other listeners will be able to find us. Mm-hmm.